What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Stoke for Sports Podcast by Cameron Ward Stokes. This is episode four. Uh, we're going to have a deep show today. Uh, NFL draft was last night. NBA playoffs are still going on. Round two starts this weekend. And we're just going to get right into it. So the 76ers won their series versus the Nets, 4-1. to one. I'm confident what I've seen with this team. Uh, for game four, there was a lot of talk about Ben Simmons' average in the half court. Um, ben Simmons not aggressive enough. And he came right out. He was aggressive for the games. Uh, he was definitely motivated. There was a lot of missing posters going around Brooklyn, talking about missing, looking for his jump shot. Uh, he's probably somewhere in Orlando drunk called Kendall Jenner if you find him. So you know, he was he's definitely motivated for the games. So he got up and then B returned, gave you a nice game for um, He did a hard foul on, on Jared Allen. A little scuffle broke out between the two teams with Jared Dudley and Jimmy Butler getting ejected out the game. Um, and that's what Jared Dudley really is. He's just a pest. Like His job was to me- mess with anybody on the team and get a better player ejected. And that's what he did. He did his job. He got Jimmy Butler ejected. That's a Sixers closer. You know, that definitely hurt the Sixers. They still won, though. But it definitely hurt. Mike Scott had a game winner. And J.J. Redick had a dagger three. And even though he was having a bad off night, he still showed up at the end. But, yeah, Mike Scott definitely, definitely came through. You know, that's the last person I expect to be winning you a playoff game is Mike Scott. But, I mean, you know, things happen, I guess. You got four All-Stars and Mike Scott wins you the game. But we're not mad. Like I said, Jimmy Butler, he was ejected. He's usually the closer. So, but other people had to step up and be outscored the entire Nets team in the fourth quarter. So, And then after the game, the Ags and beat about Jared Dudley running into him. And he just said, you know, Jared Dudley's a nobody. You know, MB has the best post-game interviews. He said Jared Dudley's a nobody, and he didn't want to get into it. He knows his team needs him more than they need Jared Dudley. And that's right, because if you've seen during a fight, MB just had his hands up, like, man, I'm not in this, I'm not in this, I'm not getting ejected, my team needs me. And probably without MB, they probably lose. If MB gets ejected there, they probably lose the game. After the fight, the whole Sixers team stepped up. Ben Simmons became more aggressive. They just showed up and doing a real post game interviews. And B made a joke about the Warriors three one, talking about we want to close this out. We don't want to be just like the Warriors. And when I first seen it, my biggest fear was, oh man, they about to let the Nets come back and win this. But they're gonna let the Nets come back and win the series. But they didn't. They closed it out of five, four straight games to win the game. Uh, during game five, the, the Nets just gave up. The Nets basically just stayed in Brooklyn. They didn't show up at all for the game. The Sixers blew them out. At one point in the first quarter, it was 23-2. to It was just a blowout. You seen T.J. McConnell in the game by the third quarter. So, like I said, it was just a blowout. The Nets really didn't show up. They got their soul taken from them and just said, you know, we're just going to stay home. We know we had no chance. But, you know, I give the Nets credit, though. Good, strong team. Kenny Atkinson, great coach. I love Kenny Atkinson. His, his developing skills as a coach is – it's great. Um, I'm not a big fan of D'Angelo Russell. I mean, he didn't show up at all. I think Karis LeVert is the best player. He showed that. Dan Whitty's the second best player. I think he showed that as well. The GM, the owner, and Jared Dudley all got fined. So, yeah, the Sixers, they go to Toronto on Saturday night, play the Raptors. I'll get into that a little later, though. But they get they have to play the Raptors. So the Celtics won sweep the Pacers for nothing. You know, they're just playing smart at the right time. Pacers just can't keep up, really. Pacers don't have no offense. They really can't keep up. Celtics, like I said, they're playing smart at the right time. They're coming together. 
their starting lineup really isn't the greatest, but their depth is just coming through for them. If you look at the net ratings, the starting lineup is is the worst in the East of the last four teams. But they they have amazing depth. They're coming through. We all knew the Celtics was going to win, but I didn't expect them to sweep. The Bucks won four nothing against the Pistons, swept them. Blake Griffin returned early. He played tough. Played Giannis tough. At one point, Giannis was held to like two points in the first half, his lowest of his like season or something like that. I thought Pistons would could at least win a game, but Giannis just showing you he's a grown man. He's showing you why this is his team, and they gotta go. They gotta go play Boston now. They'll be home. They'll have home court advantage, but they gotta go play the Boston Celtics now. The Raptors won their gentleman sweep four one against the Magic. Uh, just some things to look out for. Kyle Lowry, he jammed his finger. Don't really know like his status, but I'm pretty sure he'll be playing. But just he has a jammed finger. Uh, Pascal Siakam is proving why he's a star already. That kid is going to be good for a long time. And Kawhi Leonard, he's proving why he's the same player he was before any of the injuries. Just showing up every night in the playoffs. Showing you why he won finals MVP one time. He's just he, he's showing up. But I think the X factor for this team is going to be Siakam. You know, Lowry, as the playoff season goes further, he shows up less and less. But now they have somebody else they can rely on, Pascal Siakam. They got great depth. Marcus Saw, Fred Van Fleet, Serge Ibaka. They got great depth on that team. So so to stay on the Raptors, Sixers go to Toronto on Saturday night. I've seen everybody talking about how the Sixers haven't really beat the Raptors this season. But every time they played the Raptors, they had either Markel Fultz starting, Landry Shamit starting, Wilson Chandler getting big minutes. Mike Muscala getting big minutes. So this new look Sixers team hasn't played the Raptors yet. No, they they just never matched up with each other yet. So kind of can't wait to see how that looks, how they they play out. But the Raptors, they match up perfectly with the Sixers. They got great depth, long wing players. They get right into the Sixers' faces. Pascal Siakam matches up with either Tobias or Simmons. Kawhi Leonard, you could put him on anybody. You could put him on. Butler or Simmons, he shut down Simmons all all season. I believe Simmons had more turnovers than assists against the Raptors this year. But Kawhi Leonard, he's 13 and 0 in his career against the Sixers. That's mostly from playing the process Sixers. He hasn't really played this new Sixers team. He played them a couple times this year. Last year, you know, he sat out. He was injured when he was with the Spurs. But yeah, so it's just it's all about matchups. So I can't wait to see how this play out on Saturday night. I'm expecting the Sixers to win, but I had the Raptors in six. I think the Raptors would beat them in six games. But I think when we play the Raptors, you have to put Simmons on the low post. You have to use him as a screener, as a pick and roller. You can't have him as a point guard. Jimmy Butler has to take the point guard position. Tobias Harris is going to have to play some in the point guard. You can't have Ben Simmons playing point guard against Kawhi Leonard. We've seen how that played out last time. It won't be nothing different from now. And the Celtics, they've traveled to the Bucks. They'll play in Milwaukee. Uh, this is going to be such a first test this postseason. You know, I'll be interested interested to see how they guard Giannis out of the Kumpo. Um, I don't think they have one player on the team that they can actually guard him. But knowing Brad Stevens, he'll have a scheme to, to get Giannis out of this game. He'll force Giannis to pass to his shooters. And I think that plays all in the Celtics' favor. Celtics, they got athleticism. They can close down the shooters. Celtics got quick wing players that can get out and stop any three-point shots. They can stop anything going to the lane. But I'll be interested to see how they stop Giannis. If they do the Ben Simmons thing, put three players to wall off the paint, force Giannis into a three-point shooter. Um, I like Celtics winning that series in seven. And like I said, 
this Bucks team plays right into what the Celtics love to do. They did it last year with the Sixers. You have your main player as just a driver. You wall them off and make them three-point shooters beat you. We seen last year J.J. Reddick, Marco Bellinelli, Elias Silva. They didn't have the athleticism to to come off screens and beat the Celtics wing players. And now, same thing you could be said with the Bucks. You know, Meritage, Brooke Lopez, Elias Silva. These are Euros. These are dudes that's not fast enough. That's not that doesn't have the athleticism to beat the Celtics. I think the Celtics would do a good job of making Chris Middleton be the main factor. I don't think Chris Middleton has has the it factor to even beat the Celtics in the playoffs. But we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Like I said, I got Celtics in seven, win that on the Bucks home court. And, yeah, that's it for the East. You know, that's my previews for the East and Conference. I have the Celtics and the Raptors playing in the Easter Conference Finals. I've had that for a while now, and I'm sticking with that. Uh, even though it hurts to say, I hope the Sixers can win. I hope the Sixers can find a way to beat the Raptors, but – I just don't really have that much faith from see how game one goes, maybe see how game two goes. I'll come with it better. So the Warriors are up 3-2 in the Clippers. Um, Warriors are struggling against the eighth seed. They was up 3-1, trying to close it out. They can't. The Warriors, they're looking real vulnerable right now. I was th- thinking that earlier before I even seen that game about how they'll be vulnerable against the Rockets. And this Warriors team, they had so many eggs in their basket with the starting lineup. Five All-Stars on the starting lineup. They have no bench. That bench is basically Andre Iguodala, 30-something, and Livingston, who's also 30. You know, they don't have a strong bench. So once they lost to Marcus Cousins, they ain't scrambling, trying to get some depth. But they're looking real vulnerable. Clippers playing them tough. Patrick Beverly, they got a lot of young guys, a lot of good coaching, strong young guys that get up in your face. Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams doing his thing off the bench. Gallinari, he's doing his thing as well, 17 points per game. My son, Landry Shamit, fulfilling his role, spot-up shooter. Coming off screens to catch and shoot. And if you're a Clippers fan, win or lose, you know you're going to get a star this offseason. Stars need to be looking at the Clippers and saying, wow, this team have no stars right now and they're doing this. I would love to see Kawhi Leonard with this Clippers team. I think they just be a gritty team, defensive team, can still get some shots up. All of the guys can shoot. And I expect the Warriors to close it out next time they play. I don't expect it to go to seven. I expect the Warriors to win this in six, but... This is setting them up for a scary matchup against the Rockets. I'll get into that a little later, though. But the Rockets, they won 4-1 against the Jazz. James Harden disappeared for a couple games. Started like 0-14. He struggled in game five. His team still won, though. And it's time to have a real conversation about Donovan Mitchell. I think Mitchell has a Lou Williams type of role, a Tyree Gavin's type of role. I come off the bench and just shoot. Come off the bench and get your shots up as a six-man. Because as a starter, he's just he jacks up a lot of shots. He misses. I don't see nobody talking about how bad he plays in the playoffs, but he hasn't had a great playoff series. If this was Ben Simmons, it would be a whole different story, but Donovan Mitchell, he's struggling bad. He needs to get in the lab, get the, get that three-point shot up, work on his game some more because there's no reason why Ricky Rubio should be outscoring you in the playoff game, an elimination game at that. So the Rockers, they'll play the winner of either the Clippers or the Warriors. Most likely it'll be the Warriors. Like I said, I'll get into that a little later. But then the Nuggets and the Spurs are tied 3-3, game seven. Uh, Pop is just, he's just showing you why he's the greatest. His team is not a good team. He has one borderline star in DeMar DeRozan. Uh, he has really nothing else. Derek White, guys are stepping up. Seventh seed, taking on the second seed. He's just showing you why he's the greatest coach. Win or lose, you have to give it up to Pop. You know, I can't wait till Pop gets some real good players on that team, gets DeJounte Murray back. So the Blazers get a gentleman sweep on the Thunder. 
Um, Russ talked all that stuff. Russ just needs to look in the mirror, stop bashing other people, stop bashing the media, and he needs to just work on his game. He needs to get into the lab, work on that three-point shot. But the Thunder in general, they need some more three-point shooters. They are on the team with a lot of three-point shooters. They got a lot of players that can't shoot at all. They need to fill this team. You need to fill Russ with a bunch of shooters around him, a bunch of 3D players. That's you know, I think that worked best for Russ. No, he can't shoot that well. But he needs to, like I said, Russ needs to just work on his jumper. He needs to learn self-control in the game. I can't be shooting this many threes. I need to get in the paint. That's what I do best. He's a slasher. That's what his best game is. He's an athletic player. No, and people were saying Paul George made a mistake going to going back to OKC. He should have went to L.A. Listen, L.A. didn't even make the playoffs. So, of course, he would have made the playoffs if he was with LeBron. But you can't keep saying he should have went to L.A. when L.A. didn't even make the playoffs. He should have came to Philly is what he should have done. He would have fit perfectly with us. He could shoot the three, play defense, but he stayed where he is, so he's gonna have to deal with that. And we can't act like playoff. We can't act like playoff P is just really doing his thing. You know, I'm giving that playoff P name to Pascal Siakam now. I think Paul George lost that title of playoff P. He hasn't been good in the playoffs since he was with the Pacers. Since he was going up against LeBron every year. Yeah, he needs to find a way to get back, get himself together. And you know, he struggled last year against the Jazz. Struggled this year against the Blazers. I know they say he had a shoulder injury, but he needs to figure this out. He hasn't been playing well at all. Before the season, I've been saying Dame Lillard is the second-best point guard, and I'm glad he's proven me right. Now everybody noticed that he is a top-three point guard. People still say Kyrie's better. I don't think so. If Damian Lillard didn't play in Portland, if he had a bigger market, if he was in L.A., if he was anywhere else with a bigger market, everybody would see just how good he is. He does this every single night. You know, that game winner was amazing. That's the greatest game winner of all time in the playoffs. You know, I'm seeing this nickname Logo Lillard go around. Don't know where that came from, but, you know, I guess it'll stick. I guess we could roll with it. But just to get into the previews for the Western Conference, uh, this is going to be the worst, toughest second-round matchup probably since they all been together. Uh, healthy Rockets, I think they got a big chance of winning. The, the Warriors, they're looking vulnerable as ever right now. You know, lack of depth. They lost to Marcus Cousins. They're looking real vulnerable. They need strong games every night from Steph, KD, and uh, Clay Thompson. And the Rockets, they, we all know they match up perfectly. They would have won last year if Chris Paul didn't get injured. So I don't know how that's going to go right now. I'm going to say the Warriors in seven. But the Rockets, they might upset them. I'm leaning more heavier into that. The Rockets could upset the Warriors. And the Blazers, they'll play either the winner of the Nuggets or the Spurs. I think it's going to be the Nuggets. I hope Pop proves me wrong. Like I said, the Nuggets is pretenders. Nuggets, if they move on, they'll be out in the Blazers in five. If the Spurs move on, Blazers will win that in five as well. But the Nuggets, they just got a lack of experience. Bunch of young guys, you know, strong coach. Strong regular season team, but we got a bunch of young guys, and that lack of experience hurts you in the playoffs. You can see them right now going to game seven against the Spurs team that you could probably name one player off the team who usually chokes in the playoffs. And they, you know, they're taking real long to close out round one. Uh, the Blazers, they're going to be rested. They're going to have a lot of momentum coming off the gentleman sweep against the OKC Thunder. Like I said, they're real west, they're well rested. And yeah, so that's just my breakdown of the playoffs so far. Like I said, round two starts this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. So just to get into a little bit, the Suns, they fired the head coach. They're interested in Monty Williams, you know. Everybody's interested in Monty. I don't know what, what the hype is with Monty. I see him on the Sixers. I don't see nothing that he does well. 
He sits there like a he sits there quietly, doesn't do nothing. He's supposed to be that special play coordinator. He's supposed to come up with out of timeout plays, late game plays. I don't see nothing good out of it, but I mean, if people want money, go ahead. You know, Lakers, they interviewed Jason Kidd, interviewed Ty Lue, playing or interviewing Monty Williams if they haven't already. Like I said, no, I don't see the hype in Monty, but I know he's a good players coach. But I'm talking about from X's and O's standpoint, I know he used to coach, so. But, you know, congratulations to Monty. I hope, if anything, he goes to the Lakers. I don't want to see his career end with the Suns. So I hope he goes to the Lakers. You know, Lakers are probably higher Ty Lue, LeBron's best friend, get LeBron more comfortable. Uh, Magic Johnson, he tweeted out more will be revealed later or something like that, something to that point. So Magic, you know, it's, it's been rumors that Jeannie Buss and, and Rob Palenka were emailing each other about Magic Johnson, and Jeannie Buss somehow replied, oh, Magic Johnson was getting emails. So like Magic said, more, more will be revealed later. I'm just going to see how that goes, how that plays out. So the NFL draft was last night. Usually I record on a Thursday. I waited one more day later so I could get the NFL draft topics on here. So we all know Kyler Murray was going number one to the Cardinals. Nick Bosa went second to the 49ers. The draft at that point was just playing out. Quentin Williams went to the Jets. Defensive tackle. Uh, Raiders took their pick with an edge rusher. And then the New York football giants takes Daniel Jones, quarterback out of Duke. Who was probably, if you think about it, probably the fourth best quarterback in the draft. Fourth best. They took him with a sixth pick. They could have gotten him at 17. And they screwed up this one. I'm going to give this an F grade. Every Giants fan almost went crazy. I don't know what Dave Gettleman is doing over there in New York. He said that they're going to use this like the Brett Favre of Aaron Rodgers' way. We're going to rest him for three years. We're going to let Eli play out the rest of his career. And we're going to hand the keys over. I don't know what the Giants' plan is. The Giants are just... They're just looking terrible right now. They passed on Josh Allen, passed on Ed Oliver, a couple of players, Devin Bush. They could have got all of these guys at six, and they could have still got the quarterback at 17 if they wanted to. That's going to haunt them for for years to come now when they see Josh Allen with Jacksonville lighting it up on the defensive end. But they got their quarterback. No. I seen Joe Budden tweet that all New York been talking about tank for the Duke kid. And, we, and the Giants thought they were talking about them. They got themselves a Duke quarterback. So um, the Eagles tried to trade up the 13 to get Christian Wilkins. Dolphins stood pat. They took Christian Wilkins. You know, great player, great defensive tackle. Dwayne Haskins, he went to the Redskins, number 15. You know, I think that's a great pick, good pick. I think he's I think he's the best quarterback on the draft. I don't like Kyler Murray that much mentally. I don't think he could lead a huddle. You know, he's small. Don't know. I don't know what he does that great. But we're going to see. I like Dwayne Haskins, the best quarterback out of the draft. Jeffrey Simmons fell at 19 with the Titans. You know, if healthy, if without his baggage that he has, he would have been a top five pick. You know, he'll have a year to rest up, get that ACL together. That's a great pick for the Titans, though. You know, he's going to wreak havoc inside. So the Eagles, they traded up from 25 to 22. They took Andre Dillard, left tackle out of Washington State. Great pass protector. Gave up one sack and almost like 600 attempts or something like that. Not that great with run protection, but he never had to do with that much. His team never ran the ball in Washington State. They was a pass-heavy team. He won't be asked to play right away. You get your last year out of Jason Peters. He'll have Jeff Stoutland develop Andre Dillard. You know, a great pick, good pick. 
I don't think if it's for me though, I like to see a skill position. You still had DK, you still had Hollywood Brown, Josh Jacobs all still on the board. I would have wished I mean though this was a great pick, I love me skill position players. And that's just the more fun thing to do. To draft the skill position player, but you know, it was a burn pick, but, but the Eagles got the guy that they needed. They had him as a top ten player. He fell to twenty two. So all in all it was just a good pick. Uh Josh Jacobs went twenty four to the Raiders. You know, that was a great pick. Marcus Brown went Marquise Brown went to the Ravens at twenty fifth. I love both of them too, both those players. I would have loved to see any of them on the Eagles, Josh Jacobs or or Hollywood Brown. But they went twenty fourth and twenty fifth respectively. Uh, New York, they traded back up to the first round, got them another cornerback, DeAndre Baker out of Georgia. You know, good player. He'll be well there. I would have thought the Giants wouldn't have to DK in that position, but they got the guy that they wanted. And it was reported before the draft that the Raiders sent home the scouts. They didn't know who to trust. They owned three first-round picks. My prediction was they was going to go trade all the way up to first and take Kyler Murray. They didn't. They just took Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Abram, out of safety out of Mississippi State. And Cleveland Farrell, the edge rusher from Clemson. You know, if I was Raiders, I would have took Josh Allen at that spot. I would have took Devin White. Any of those players would have been fine. But they used a three first-round picks. I didn't expect them to do that. I thought they was planning on doing something bigger, trading all the way up, top three pick, try to get Kyler Murray. That was my prediction out of them. But former executives say that's, this happens frequently where scouts are asked to leave the building before the draft starts. So Donovan McNabb made a few comments about the Eagles. Talked about if Wentz can't get it done in the next two years, you're going to have to try to trade him and move on. Um, McNabb, he's just showing you he has a dislike for Philadelphia. You know, his passive-aggressive behavior, he's just taking shots. He's afraid that Wentz probably will overtake him as the best quarterback in the Eagles history. And he doesn't do nothing to support the Eagles. You don't see him at any games. You don't see him talking to the team. You don't see him on sports radio hyping up the Eagles. Every time you talk about, Every time he talks, it's – Downplaying Carson Wentz You can tell he has a problem with Carson Wentz But Lane Johnson and Brandon Graham They both called him out Freddie Mitchell agreed Lane Johnson made a few comments talking about Veterans they come shake our hands And then they hating on us from behind And all that So they, you, Brandon Graham he's been here for a long time now And he agreed that McNabb has some weird ways about him But like I said that's just a passive aggressive Behavior of McNabb He's always been like that. And it's looking like Tia was right about everything he said about McNabb, that McNabb was the issue this whole time. You know, guys inside the Eagles locker room, they all agreed. But publicly, it looked like Tia was the bad guy. But it looked like Tia was right. McNabb has this passive-aggressive behavior about him. You know, he doesn't want nobody to be better than him. Ego is big. But McNabb needs to give that up. You know, I don't. I personally don't like McNabb. Don't care for McNabb. If I never have to say his name again. Won't have no problem with that. So the Chiefs and Seahawks made a trade last week. Seahawks traded Frank Clark to the Chiefs. The Chiefs sent a 2019 first rounder, a 2020 second rounder, and the rights to swap the third round pick for this year for the draft. That's going to be tomorrow or tonight, actually. Excuse me. Clark signed five years, $105 million with the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs are restarting the defense. They fired the defensive coordinator, Bob Sutton, hired Steve Spagnolio. You know, they're going to go from the worst defense in the league to above average. They added Tyron Matthew. They cut older guys like Eric Berry, Justin Houston. And the, Se- the Seahawks, they're racking up on draft picks right now. They went from having four picks lowest right now to about nine now. You know, you have to get lower contracts, young guys, because they just signed Russell Wilson. 
to that major contract. And, you know, it's a win-win trade for both teams. Uh, just to stay on the Chiefs, some some news about Tyreek Hill came out yesterday about him beating his child and telling his baby mom that he needs to be terrified of her. Uh, talking about punching his son in the chest, beating his son with a belt. It's not looking good. Everybody wants Tyreek Hill to be either out of the league or be in a jail cell. Um, see the Chiefs right now, they just suspended him currently. Didn't put a timetable on it. Going to do more research, more investigation, and they'll probably end up cutting him. They cut Kareem Hunt, so they'll probably just go ahead and cut him as well. The Bills, they signed TJ Yeldon. They already have a thousand of backs on their roster. They already have LaShawn McCoy, Frank Gore, older guys, veterans. They have six backs on their roster currently. Um, I don't know if this means LaShawn McCoy might be cut. Don't know. I love to see LaShawn McCoy back on the Eagles. Not a starting rule. Come in, change the pace type of back. Him and Jordan Howard, I would love to see that. But I don't think they'll cut LaShawn McCoy. I think he'll stay on that roster. Uh, Josh Gordon, he signed a tender with the Patriots. He's unsure if he's a player or not. Patriots, they needed him as well because of Chris Hogan. They lost him. Drafted a wide receiver 32nd in the draft. Uh, Josh Gordon, right now, he just needs to get his mind right, get himself together. You know, mentally, he needs to he needs to be focused. So I think he needs to just stay in rehab for a little while, stay wherever he's at, and just get his mind right. You know, football is not for him. You know, he just needs to notice that and just give it up. But Ben Roethlisberger, he signed a contract extension, three-year deal. He's going to probably finish it out now, go into his retirement. You know, he's been talking about retiring for two, three years now. Uh, still, they need to plan for the future. They need to draft a quarterback, draft somebody, develop him. Because Ben Roethlisberger, he was inconsistent last year. He's been inconsistent for a while now. He'll have games, he'll throw for five touchdowns. Game later, he'll throw for four interceptions. So they just need need more consistency out of him. But he's getting up there in age. He's older, kind of bigger now. So they just need to start looking for a, a future after him. So the NFL draft resumes day two tonight, 7 p.m., ABC, ESPN, NFL Network. I'll be interested to see what my Eagles do. I think they go after a running back, Miles Sanders, this round. But, yeah, so the draft is tonight. Round two of the NBA playoffs starts Saturday and Sunday as well. Um, and that would be it for me. You know, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for listening. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm on Google Play. Check me out on anything on there. Uh, thank you guys just for tuning in, episode four. And that would be it.